Hello and welcome back to the P1 podcast. Uh, we've just had a very eventful qualifying session for the Canadian Grand Prix and I am joined by Tomo. How are you doing, Tomo? I'm good, Tommy. Tommy, Tomo. It's about time. Um, yeah, we decided to, uh, you know, restructure the business and I've come in to replace um, a certain Matthew Gallagher for the first... No, this is a one-off. Don't worry. <laughs> you, Matt will be back soon enough. Um, it's a pleasure to be here, mate. Thank you for having me. We looked into the business and saw that there wasn't enough Toms with sausage mm. dogs who, you know, love liveries and stuff. So, like, needed you on board. <laughs> uh, for people that don't know you then, I said this to Katie uh, yesterday in the podcast, who are you for those that don't know who you are? Who am I? I don't know. Who am I, who am I Tommy? Um, I am yet another um, F1 YouTube-ist who likes to spout his opinion on the internet under my Tomo YouTube channel primarily. Um, I also did used to work with with you guys at the, at the previous venture over lockdown. Um, I was more behind the scenes um, editing filming working with with you and matt back then so yeah it's kind of um gone full circle and i do my own thing um over on youtube mainly and yeah i mean my opinions i i've got i've got my preferences just like you and, and matt and there's a certain preference that really did deliver in this q2 didn't it because who needs q3 tom who needs q3? exactly we'll get into that we'll talk about <laughs> your boy album very soon but let's start with q1 uh it was that classic kind of session where it's a wet track it gets drier and drier and then it's a case of last across the line is essentially the person that you know gets the best laps uh, out in that session was Sonoda, Gasly, DeVries, Sargent and Zhou Guan Yu and I think the main moment that we have to talk about is that moment with Gasly uh, getting massively blocked by Sainz surely slam dunk penalty on the way to Sainz. I mean you look at the on board from Carlos's point of view and he is barely moving because he's ahead of I think it's Sonoda behind him. Sonoda sees that Gasly's coming like a bat out of hell behind him and tries to kind of overtake science to, to not be in the way. But yeah, science is kind of a rolling roadblock. And yeah, it wasn't the first time either we saw issues at that final chicane. So yeah, I mean, I'm not sure if there's been, has there been confirmation if there's a penalty yet, Tom? I've not, not seen yet. it. I'm sure by the time this video goes out, it will be. It seems Surely. like a slam, it's a slam dunk, isn't it? Let's be honest. I mean, Gasly, uh, ironically, it's Gasly being blocked after he blocked uh mm. twice in the in the last uh was it science i think it was science you know so has he got Ooh. has he got revenge there <laughs> well verstappen was definitely well, yeah maybe verstappen was definitely one of them wasn't it was it? one I, of them I, verstappen i feel like it might have been science but uh, yeah, it could be wrong um, apparently Alp alpine had a big word after didn't they like a big meeting afterwards and seems like ferrari missed the uh invite because they clearly needed it because it wasn't the only time yeah. science did a little bit of blocking was it yeah exactly i mean leclerc got uh blocked uh, landed in Monaco so Ferrari need to be on you know talking to their drivers a bit more clearly about about the blocking because uh yeah it's not looking good for science uh big moment and yeah Gasly uh well his teammate uh spoiler alert got up there uh, in Q3 so um what might have been for Gasly and he was absolutely fuming uh we didn't right, hear so Right, yeah, so, rightly I mean, so. That that was scary as well. Like he had to get out of it last minute. You're that's the quickest part of the circuit as well. The adrenaline's flowing. Yeah, that could have been a really scary accident. I've said it so many times. I absolutely despise the fact that they're allowed to just almost 
be rolling to a stop uh, on a straight or the final corner or the final sector when when drivers are coming at you know nearly 200 mile an hour down a straight it's just ridiculous but let's get on to q2 i'm sure you're buzzing to talk about it um another one where it was all about being on the right tires at the right time uh and someone that did that was mr alexander alban uh we've got to talk about him first absolutely nailed the strategy nailed the lap and he was p1 in q2 for williams epic stuff he was, yeah, he was the first to go on the soft, wasn't he? You saw the uh, sea of inters in in the graphic, the sea of eyes, green eyes, and he was the one little red S. And it wasn't even his first lap either. It obviously took a few to get a bit of temp into the tyres, and you had that one dry line uh, where obviously you know you're on you're on slicks with a dry line with everywhere else wet. You you can't afford to make a mistake, and you know he he delivered the lap. So um, look, listen, Tommy, uh, you got to take these wins as an Albon Williams fan. Um, yeah, obviously, yeah. Chufty got through to Q3. Unfortunately, the Q it wasn't quite the Q3 that it could have been. Um, but nevertheless, you know, he set the trend. It, it's actually what Alonso was right up there on the inters. So Alonso was only like a second behind Albon, I think, on the intermediates. But it was changing so yeah. much the weather. So yeah, it's a weird one. The the I mean, Williams got it spot on. Uh, mm. They were the only team to do it, like you say, uh, to put. Alex on the soft tire at the start and then essentially you know wind in because we saw and um, we'll go into this a lot of other drivers who seem to just be not knowing what to do and it seemed like everyone uh kept kind of going to inters and then it would rain and then it'd be like no it's time for slicks now and then they'd get onto the slicks it would rain oh mm. put the inters on oh it's now drying out and it kept just changing all the time uh, and that meant in Q2, we had some big names out. Uh, Charles Leclerc, Sergio Perez, Lance Stroll, Magnussen, and Bottas. Now, let's start with the first one on that list. Charles Leclerc, out in Q2. We don't have Matt here, um, but we did do an impression of him. Uh, you joined me for the watch along. Uh, we did our best Matt impression. Um, so for any doubt that Matt was the... You know, bad luck for Ferrari. They're still awful, even when Matt's not watching. <laughs> but yeah, Charles had a bit of a mad, didn't he? The rumours have been dispelled, yeah. No, you know what was funny? Because when we were we were watching, I could see Alex was on the soft and everyone else, everyone else was on the inters. And it was playing team radio of Leclerc telling the team, this is, I need to be on a slick. Like, I need to be on a slick tyre. And super late to react. And the quotes from Charles... Um, I don't know why we stayed out on the intermediates on a dry track. We went on slicks when it started to rain. Uh, this time, it wasn't hard to reach that it was a dry track. I said that on the outlap. Uh, yeah, Charles has had enough. And you know what? Fair enough. Like He was calling for it. He did get it. And he's P11 and out in Q2. He's getting more and more annoyed, isn't he? I mean, it is easy in hindsight to be kind of, oh, we should have done this, we should have done that. But, you know... How many times has he been calling for for these uh, incidents? You could argue that you know maybe could have got uh, a better lap in when the tyres were right at the start. On, in, on inters, we saw you know Fernando Alonso put in a good lap on inters uh, yeah. and get through. But I think the problem for Ferrari was they kept changing their mind, and then it just it was all too late. Uh, we've got a question from 
Diamondback NL. Uh, should Leclerc leave Ferrari again? He makes the call to change tires, and his engineer denies him to pit for slicks at the time the fastest times are set. I mean, that's a bit extreme, but at the same time, like you said, he's done. Like, how many times have we seen him arguing just constantly? Yeah, and, and this is the thing, right? It's it's Ferrari. It's the big move the dream move that he always wanted it's the tree it's the team that everyone wants to drive for and there is that degree of you know there's that romantic attachment to it even you go back to you know his you know Gil Bianchi was was so heavily connected to Ferrari you know he's got his godfather so it's like he obviously wants to make it work at Ferrari and Fred Vasseur has come in he's made certain changes you've got a th- I don't know I really don't because the thing is if, if Charles does leave and then Ferrari do deliver on this potential that they've had for so long, then that would break his heart, surely. Um, but at the same time, a driver of his quality to be struggling where he is in the championship, it's 4-4 him and science in qualifying. And you can't tell He's me that because so of so far Eagle. down in the title as well. I mean, if you think of like the discussions that we had last year about, about Charles Leclerc and oh, Ferrari did this, Ferrari did that, he finished P2 in the title. He's not finishing P2 in the title this year, that's for sure, uh, the way no, it's no, going. No. <laughs> um, it's a lot worse. And um, it just seems like, you know, it. you have these moments and then you think, oh, no, it's fine. Oh, he's at Le Mans and he's with Ferrari and he's proud of him and he's waving and, you know, he's Ferrari through and through. And then sure enough, we get back to the F1 track and immediately there's a problem again. So... I don't know. Uh, it's one of those things where um, he's still in contract. I think he'll stick around for for a while. It does seem yeah. like uh, you know what he's not going to leave until a, a Mercedes or an Aston Martin. I think seat arrives because otherwise yeah. you're just doing a backward step. And, and even then, it, it's not enough of a step up to, to guarantee, right? Ferrari do have a very quick car over a lap. Um, they do have. Vasseur in play, it's going to take time for him to enact the changes he needs to and, and does, you know, shall have faith in, in Vasseur. Look, again, it's easy in hindsight to, to reflect on these incidents and, and when you've got, you know, that extra level of attachment, you know, Vettel wanted that Ferrari dream to come true and it, it never did for him and, and you know, does shall stay to the point where it does actually hinder his ability to win world championships. If you're going to stay at any team and have faith in any team through blind loyalty then Ferrari's that team. Yeah, but he doesn't want to waste his whole career and his potential uh, just because he loves Ferrari. So we shall see. Uh, On to uh, the guy that's behind him on the grid, uh, and that is Sergio Perez. Uh, Shocking, really. Uh, We've got a question from Jamie Roelf C8. Uh, why is Perez washed? I mean, straight to the point. Uh, he has three back-to-back Q1 and Q2 exits and didn't get onto the podium when Max earlier in the season didn't make it to Q3. He got back to second in less than half the GP. Um, yeah, Perez is under a lot of criticism at the moment. Um, and you've got to say it's justified because his teammate is miles clear. Everyone's complaining that the car is too good. And uh, Perez is, well... He's not even making Q3. The car's too good in the hands of Max Verstappen. That is the uh, that is ultimately the the, the differential, right? It, I mean, I did you know if, if Max wasn't in before this race, if Max 
didn't exist. If Max was a backmarker, then Checo would be leading by, I think, 13 points over Fernando Alonso. And, you know, Fernando's qualified Q3 here, spoiler alert, um, and Sergio Perez down in P12. Yeah, I mean, in this instance, it's a bit of, uh, I was listening to his post-race, you know, it's a bit of a lottery um, in terms of getting out at the right time. But, you know, again, Max, Max is in the right place to, to deliver that lap time. Checo wasn't, you know, I don't know how much. I, I don't want to fully jump on Checo here because, you know, maybe Red Bull did somewhat let him down in terms of trap position. But at the end of the day, it's there's no smoke without fire. And what it's been, was it? Is it? Is this now the third um, non-Q3 in a row? Third in a row, fourth yeah. of the season. And you've got to think, you know, in that car, the one that everyone is complaining is, needs to, if anything, be pegged back. Uh, it's not not a great look. I mean, there's bad luck, and then I don't know. It's it's a lot of if it's bad luck, it's a lot of bad luck. But it's got to be some self inflicted as well, right? Yeah, I, I think for for Checo, I know you know the pressure's on. Obviously, yeah, Max is looking like he's gonna now you know, take this championship and, and really, because Checo was the the best hope. And up until, you know, a few races ago, Checo was was keeping Max honest in terms of, um, you know, in terms of the, the points scoring. Uh, I don't know, man. I, I, I think that... Yeah, we had Red- all of four races, didn't we? Of, uh, yeah. The, the whole, can Perez challenge for the title? Well, this happened a few times with, with Bottas and Hamilton, didn't it? You know, Valtteri would have his have his porridge, race one, Australia, boom, happy days. And then just sustaining it is, is proves too much. And yeah, I, I think, you know, Max is, on, Max is driving on such a level at the moment. It, it's hard to, I don't want to be too too harsh on, on Checo because he is in this seat against Max, who just seems to be driving like an absolute android at the moment. But I mean, I, I would... Would Red Bull rather him be closer to Max and then potentially taking points off of each other and maybe mm, let Fernando Alonso through? No, I don't know. That's the thing. Like all they need is him to pick pick up the constructors' title, which, with the greatest of respect to to Checo, like a lot of drivers on the grid would be able to to do that. You know, mm. uh, Max, particularly uh, how clear he is in the championship. You know you could afford to finish third or fourth in the championship and still bag the constructors. So, yeah, it, it's, a, it's a weird one. I mean, Christian Horner's comments, we spoke about this on the on the watch long. Uh, an unusual comment from, from Horner that basically said that now Perez has kind of dropped back, the pressure's off, uh, which is, you could take it two ways. Is it trying to be nice or is it saying like, oh, well... Checker, you don't need to worry about the uh, <laughs> championship anymore. Uh, now Max is clear. You can just kind of calm down a bit. Uh, very strange comment, that one. Yeah. I, I, pressure from from where? Because, I mean, the, the pressure from the, the fan base, I think, is only going to increase as, as these results don't happen because fans want to see – you want to see teammates battling. When, when one teammate's being, you know, convincingly beaten by another, trust me, I know, 2020, Albon Verstappen. I remember it like it was yesterday. Um, that pressure is is extreme. And, you know, pressure internally, again, I, would Red Bull rather have Checo be really close and it's one, two, you know, him and Max swapping every race? You know, because then that potentially allows an Aston Martin or, or, or a Mercedes by the end of the season to somewhat catch up. You know, the, the gulf between P1 and P2 is seven points. That's the same yeah. as... 
you know, finishing P what eight with fastest lap or something, I think. No, P seven with fastest lap, sorry. Uh so, you know, I I don't know. I, I don't really know what that means as such, but I just think Checo I don't think I I think he I think he's he's, he's safe in his, his seat somewhat. I just think that yeah, it's it's a shame that that early season promise hasn't been realised. I guess. Uh, yeah, particularly for the fans that want to see a close title fight, because it's only going to be whoever's in that other Red Bull at the moment with Max and how good that car is and how clear Max is in that car and and Sergio is not not delivering at the moment. So I'd argue that actually there's more pressure on Perez now from the fans and media because people are going to question does he deserve to be in that car when his teammate. Uh, is so far clear. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves. Feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. This episode is sponsored by Tennis Channel Plus. Step onto the legendary clay courts of Roland Garros, where the world's best players battle it out for a chance to win the French Open title. Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch. Stream every court from your phone or smart TV live in HD. Don't miss a moment with daily live coverage and match replays on demand, beginning Monday, May the 20th. Be there for all the unforgettable moments. Stream now with Tennis Channel Plus. Let's get into Q3. Uh, And yes, uh, dare I say this one was a little bit disappointing. Uh, We had the brilliant sessions in Q1 and Q2 where the track was getting better and better and things like that. But this one... We had the opposite where it was all about those first laps and then the rain came down too much and you couldn't really improve, which is always a shame because it becomes a bit of an anticlimax. But um, another anticlimax was the fact that Max Verstappen was 1.2 seconds clear of the entire field. Um, Did I not say at the start of our watch along that this is either (laughs) going to be the closest session we have all year and someone will finally challenge Max or he you know, absolutely obliterates everyone. Um, and it was the latter because, you know, it's easy to think that rain is going to make it close, but then Max has shown, I mean, he did exactly the same last year in Canada, uh, that, you know, it, when it's wet weather, he's got a fantastic car underneath him. He's driving with amazing confidence. If anything, it means that he's even further ahead and can pull his advantage even more. Yeah, I mean, Red Bull played a blinder putting him out first, didn't they? Um, because it was the raid increasing as the session went on. And Nico, Nico didn't wasn't that far behind Max in terms of on track. But I mean, you would expect, you know, if Hulkenberg gets to Q3 in dry conditions, you'd expect, you know, 1.2 seconds. We often see that as a delta in, in, in Q3, right? 
So it, yeah. it's more the fact that, you know, you had obviously Oscar had his incident, you know, the rain stepped up, you know, as you went through noticeably, you could see it on screen, the rain coming down more and more and more. So Red Bull getting Max out first in that queue was everything. Like it would have been a very different session if, if Max had been last in the queue. And I suppose also Red Bull being champions, they their pit box is right at the f- is that right? Is it right at the front or are they right at the other side? If Red Bulls was at the other end of the pit, then they deserve even more credit for getting him at the front of the for queue. For getting him at the front. Yeah, because it was the right the right call. But yeah, uh, yeah, we've we've briefly spoken about him. But yes, the big story, of course, Nico Hockenberg, P2 in a house, um, snuck in the lap, must have been a millisecond before the red flag because, yeah, Piastri binned it in the wall and Hockenberg popped into P2 and then the red flag was like immediate. Uh, we've seen it before. Drivers can get caught out and once the red flag is out, it's game over. But um, Hulk, I say fortunate, but I mean, what a lap. Brilliant lap. Uh, and just once again, proving that he is so good in these conditions. And he's just great over a lap, Nico. He's proved it time and time again. We were talking about on the stream, you know, Silverstone when he filled in, uh, put it P3, what, back in 2020 in that racing point, um, you know, his 6-2 uh, head-to-head qualifying against Magnussen now um, in favour of Hulkenberg. So, yeah, look, Nico's come back, come back to F1. I think he's proven a lot of doubt was wrong. Um, I'll get the F1. Uh, Nico Hulkenberg apology. Uh, I might give that a retweet, actually. <laughs> the apology form on Twitter because that is, uh, he's doing bits, his old Nico. I think he's a very underrated driver and he's, he's proven it once again that he's in a has that's very inconsistent. You can rely on him over a lap to to bring the goods. Absolutely. I've got a question here from Jubbledoo13. What do you guys think needs to happen for Nico to convert his front row to a first podium for Haas and himself tomorrow? Uh, I would say 17 DNFs. (laughs) 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 Um, But no, on a serious note, I hate to be the party pooper, but particularly if it's dry tomorrow, that that's not happening. We, we saw, you know, we saw Nico. What he put in a, a great performance. Was it Spain? Uh, it was up up there in P seven or something. I think it was. Um, and the house just doesn't have the the race pace. Um, so you know, in a dry normal session, they will drop back. Uh, Magnuson, for example, uh, he put it in P four, didn't he? In, uh, in Miami, so they have they have this in them has to put in a great uh, qualifying session. But when it comes to the race, they yeah. just don't have it. Um, so look, I think Hulkenberg would absolutely take, and this is really sad because there will be a lot of people on that podium hype train. But the sad reality is, I think he'd absolutely take a P seven P eight. To be honest, mm. absolutely. I mean, yeah, like you say, Magnus and Miami finished P ten in the end. And they kind of had to be happy with that point. Um, yeah, that I mean, you look what he's he's ahead of Alonso, Hamilton, Russell, Ocon, Norris, Science. Science might get a penalty. Um, should get a penalty. But then you're gonna have Charles, uh, Sergio, Checo. Lance, yeah. all coming through the field in much much quicker cars on a track with a big long DRS straight. Um, I hate to be the party pooper, but. 
Uh, I'd love all, to be all wrong. All I will say, all I will say is that in certain tracks, I mean, Austria, that Haas always turns up. There's something about the Red Bull ring that just works for that car. Maybe in dry, because we haven't really seen any dry running um, because of how, you know, practice were, was curtailed in FP1 at least. Yeah, we saw a bit of dry running in FP2, the extended session, which got a little bit of rain at the end. But it'll be interesting to see like how, you know, that those issues on, on um, Friday, whether they've affected team's ability to set up the car because they'll still be under part Fermi conditions, right? They'll set up the car for a wet qualifying and now going into a dry race. Yeah, so, they wouldn't have had, yeah, I didn't think about that. They wouldn't have had much actual time to to prepare for, you know, uh, a dry race. So, um, yeah, it could, could be a fascinating one. Um, I think uh, trying to be, uh, yeah, being a realist here, I think that, uh, Verstappen is going to be a difficult guy to beat, but we do have Fernando Alonso uh, who popped it in P3 and uh, he did say after Spain that that'll be the last time he's ever not on the podium uh, and that's some way to do it because uh, I would certainly, I think if you're a betting man, you, you're thinking that Fernando is going to be on the podium with Max tomorrow. What do you think? Oh, absolutely, surely. Like, as long as there's no... I mean, you know, they've got their new upgrades on that on that Aston Martin. Obviously, Mercedes looked very good in Spain. So I'd certainly expect, you know, if, if Lewis can jump Fernando at the start, I think maybe then, you know, Fernando might struggle. That Mercedes seems to be good in a race. The Aston's very good on its tyres and we are running the softest compounds this weekend. So, yeah, I, I'm sorry, Nico. I'd love to get on board with it. But yeah, I think I think a, a Ver Aloham podium you know things can happen but that was going to be I, my I next like question that's... actually like if you were yeah. uh, dry race uh i think you, yeah it's going to be interesting to see what Perez can do uh coming through the field because we know that red bull is mighty same with Charles leclerc but um i think if you're being realistic it's you wouldn't bet against a Verstappen, Alonso, and then like Hamilton or Russell on the on the podium with them tomorrow. Mm. Nico Hulkenberg. It's a weird one, isn't it? Because we'll we'll get to tomorrow, and uh, part of us will be thinking we'd love to see Nico send it on Max and get into the lead, but at the same time, for the for the good of the race. Yeah. It's probably more likely that Fernando Alonso would challenge if if he got ahead of Nico. Yeah, I think Nico's got to consolidate and try and get these points on the board, right? Because it's so hard now where you've got this established top four, arguably top five with Alpine, really, um, on pace. I mean, Gasly shouldn't be where he is. You know, any opportunity for Haas to get more than a point, you know, Nico has to, has to drive an intelligent race because this could end up paying dividends massively by the end of the season. Him starting P2 and, like you say, falling down to P7, 8. You know, P, P8 has four points, which could be huge. Yeah, absolutely. Right, I think that is it, mate. Thank you very much for joining me on this podcast and the watch-along earlier. Um, we're going to wrap this up now because I am losing my voice all this covering for Matt I don't know how he does it I'm used to saying about three words so um, uh, my voice is going Um, yeah thank you very much mate Uh, give a little shout out where people can find you if they're listening to you for the first time you can find me on YouTube Tomo T-O-M-M-O nice and simple Um, and Tuomo because Twitter Tomo no one knows what it means Tuomo F1 (laughs) 
on uh, yeah only w's on on twitter um yeah that's that that they're the main places you can find me um no mate pleasure as always and uh good catching up we'll have to do a, a little livery a shindig at some point as well um, absolutely I miss, I, miss, I miss doing livery challenges with you man be good fun definitely we need to do that and we also need to get our sausage dogs together for a little meetup because it's uh, still not happened absolutely appalling of us we did a digital meetup on the stream so go go to the stream on twitch and you'll see minton and go watch and it you can watch that and you can watch yeah. our brilliant impressions of matt who will yes. be back uh for the the race podcast um but i will be joined on the watch along tomorrow by katie fairman again so um Woo! we'll see you all there for that whoop whoop uh cool that's it thank you everyone and uh see you next time goodbye see ya bye p1 is a stack production and part of the acast creator network